أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن للمتقين مفازا حدائق وأعنابا وكواعب أترابا وكأسا دهاقا لا يسمعون فيها لغوا ولا كذابا جزاء من ربك عطاء حسابا رب السماوات والأرض وما بينهما الرحمن لا يملكون منه خطابا يوم يقوم الروح والملائكة صفا لا يتكلمون إلا من أذن له الرحمن وقال صوابا ذلك اليوم الحق فمن شاء اتخذ إلى ربه مآبا إنا أنذرناكم عذابا قريبا يوم ينظر المرء ما قدمت يداه ويقول الكافر ويقول الكافر يا ليتني كنت ترابا صدق الله العظيم الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل إن كنتم تحبون الله فاتبعوني يحببكم الله ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم والله غفور رحيم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى يكون هواه تبعا لما جئت به أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الله تعالى's innumerable bounties innumerable favors shower down upon us at every single moment there isn't any moment where we are not in that given moment in time benefiting from countless ni'mats and let alone understand and realize the depth of all the ni'mats even any single ni'mat we cannot fathom the depth of it وَإِن تَعُدُّوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ لَا تُحْسُهَا Allah Ta'ala says even one ni'mat if you try to get into the depth of it and enumerate and count the benefits of it you cannot get encompass this. So Allah Ta'ala's innumerable bounties and favors are upon us 
Allah Ta'ala out of His grace, out of His mercy, created us as insan, as human beings, the animals in the jungle are also the makhluk of Allah Ta'ala. The donkey, that too is a makhluk of Allah Ta'ala. The monkeys just jump around, they are also the makhluk of Allah Ta'ala. The dog going down the street, that stray dog, that too is the makhluk of Allah Ta'ala. The creatures and the insects in the jungles, all these are the makhluk of Allah Ta'ala. So these also Allah Ta'ala created them, and Allah Ta'ala created us as well. Allah Ta'ala world, we could have been in the jungle. But Allah Ta'ala out of His grace and mercy made us ashraful makhluqat. The greatest of all the creation of Allah Ta'ala. From all the various species that Allah Ta'ala created, insan Allah Ta'ala gave the greatest honor to. But then among insan, there are those who are far away from the recognition of Allah Ta'ala. Don't even acknowledge the being of Allah Ta'ala. They totally, na'uzubillah, reject Allah Ta'ala. After having been created by Allah Ta'ala, still reject Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala saved us from being among those people. Allah Ta'ala blessed us after having made us insan, blessed us with this wealth of iman. All these are the innumerable, very, very great bounties and favors of Allah Ta'ala, which we can never be full, able to fulfill the right of shukr for all these bounties. Among the various, very, very great bounties Allah Ta'ala blessed us with, is the bounty that Allah Ta'ala blessed us with this deen. This deen came to us via Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. It is through him that we receive the salah. Through him that we receive the Quran Sharif itself. Quran Sharif was revealed upon him. We receive salah through him. We receive zakat, fasting, hajj, all the amal of deen via Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We learned and were taught how to live life by Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Otherwise, what can this insan understand? What does it mean to be able to live a decent life? He would have been trying to pass his life in the way that an animal in the jungle lives its life. And those who are without iman, this is how they live their lives. And this is what Allah Taala describes in the Quran Sharif: "In whom illa kalan am, bal hum abal." That they are like animals, rather more astray than animals. Animals also have some sense of understanding that this is harmful for me, I must go away from this harm. But insan understands what's harmful for him and he still dives headlong into it. So he goes to a point where he is more astray and deviated than an animal. So Allah Ta'ala blessed us with this great bounty that Allah Ta'ala granted us this tawfiq of being in the ummah of Rasulullah and received all these teachings of deen via Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa So this is a very very great bounty upon us and Allah Ta'ala mentions this bounty in the Quran Sharif. لَقَدْ مَنَّ اللَّهُ عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ إِذْ بَعَثَ فِيهِمْ رَسُولًا مِّنْ أَنفُسِهِمْ Allah Ta'ala has greatly favored the believers. That Allah Ta'ala sent among them a messenger from themselves. This is a bounty Allah Ta'ala is mentioning in the Quran Sharif. So the favor Allah Ta'ala blessed us with, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam 
He also has rights over us. There are various hukuk and rights that Nabi Wasallam has over us as the ummah. So the thing to ponder over and to reflect upon that to what extent are we fulfilling the hukuk and the rights of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa There are many, many rights but some of the rights of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa upon every ummati without exception. This is something which pertains to every single ummati. The one very obvious right is the right of muhabbat. The right that every person obviously has to have the love of Rasulullah in his heart. And this is very, very straightforward. Without the love of Nabi Wasallam, Iman will be gone. In the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Wasallam says, لَا يُؤْمِنُ أَحَدُكُمْ حَتَّى أَكُونَ أَحَبَّ إِلَيْهِ مِنْ وَالِدِهِ وَوَلَدِهِ وَالنَّاسِ أَجْمَعِهِ That a person... None of you believes, meaning his iman is not even worthy of consideration in reality. Though you would not say that he is totally obliterated, but till he doesn't come to some semblance of this nature, he's not even worthy of being called iman. Until when? None of you has this iman until I become more beloved to him. Then his parents, his children, and every single person walking on earth. Every person, every human being. Until Nabi Islam does not become more beloved, then their iman, Nabi Islam is saying, it's like in the category of saying that there's no iman. Sometimes a person says, I'm down and out, I have nothing. So now what does he mean he has nothing? He has nothing that you can even talk of as that he can use it to buy something. Whereas he's got some small little things in his house. He's got maybe a pair of old shoes lying there. So somebody starts getting technical and say that, but you have some things. Why are you speaking lies? You've got nothing. He says, but this, what I have is not worth anything. It's just there. But it doesn't serve me in any way to be able to take care of myself, to acquire my needs. So the Imam... Without this level of love, Nabi Islam is saying, is so weak, is so deficient, it is so little, that the description that can be given to it is la yu'min. It's as if he doesn't have it. So this is the first haq and the first right of Rasulullah that every mu'min has to have. This deep love of Nabi Islam in the recesses of his heart. And this is something that Sahaba Ikram displayed. And this is something that only becomes evident when there is a, when there is a clash. Clash of both loves, of two loves. The love of Nabi Islam on one side, something else on the other side. Siddiq Akbar at the time of Badr, on the opposite end of him was also his son, Abdurrahman ibn Abi Bakr, radiallahu ta'ala who at that time wasn't a Muslim. So later, after he accepted Islam, he says to his father one day, that in Badr, you had on one occasion come in the line of my sword. If I wanted, I could have just 
kill you. But at that time, I considered that you are my father after all. So you were not aware that I was already right there. I could have just, because he was on the side of the enemy, I could have just taken your life. But I took into consideration that you are my father and I didn't do it. So the broken man spontaneous reply that had it been the other way around, if I had the situation where you were in the line of my sword, I wouldn't have given a second thought that you are my son. Because you had come against Rasulullah at that time. You had come in opposition to Rasulullah. At that time, I would have considered nothing else. Now the love of Rasulullah had exceeded this love. Abdullah, the son of Abdullah bin Ubay bin Salul, the Raisul Munafiqeen. So his son was a sincere Sahabi. He was the head of the Munafiqeen. And he said some very, very insulting things regarding Rasulullah. He got to know about it that my father made these kind of comments, which actually exposed his nifaq also. He comes to Rasulullah. And he says, I have heard, this is what my father has said. Give me the permission, I'll bring his head here now. I will behead him and bring his head and come. Nabi Sallallahu forbade him from that. But the lesson in this was that nothing could come in between them and the love of Rasulullah Sallallahu This was the greatest thing in their hearts. So this is the thing that every mu'min is to develop in his heart. The deep love for Rasulullah and to the extent that this becomes dominant over everything else. Now this is, one is the love in terms of love of people, but then love of the way of life for example. Whose way of life does the person love more? Does he love the way of Rasulullah or the way of life of somebody else? To love Nabi is to love everything about him. To love him as a person, to love his every way and to be wanting to adopt that in every aspect of life. This is the taqaza and the demand of that love. So in any case, this is the one haq and the first right of the love of Rasulullah his muhabbat. But muhabbat alone is not enough. Muhabbat together with Muhabbat is Aqeedat. The haq of Aqeedat. What is Aqeedat? Aqeedat is to be convinced that Rasulullah is the true messenger of Allah Ta'ala and only in following his way is the eternal success, success in dunya and akhirat. This complete conviction in the heart. Otherwise love then love even Abu Lahab had, regarding whom the Quran Sharif has condemned. Abu Lahab is that kind of disbeliever and kafir whose kufr is and sort of certified in the Quran Sharif. But he had what love, what extent of love he had, that when the news of Rasulullah's birth came to him, his slave woman, Suhiba, brought that news and came. He became so overjoyed that his nephew has been born. 
that he freed her out of that joy and that happiness. Such love. How many times he might have carried Rasulullah as a child? How many times he might have seen to whatever the requirements might have been, whatever the needs might have been? How many things he might have assisted with? But on that occasion when Nabi Sallallahu stood on the Mount of Safa, called upon everybody, and when everybody gathered, and then asked them, if I tell you there's an army behind this mountain about to pounce, will you accept me? Will you accept this? And they replied, yes, we've never ever experienced any lie from you. Then Nabi Sallallahu says to them, Inni nadirul lakum bayn Beware of this azab, except Iman. And Abu Lahab then makes a very, very insulting remark. Curse. Allah Ta'ala responded to that. Now, despite all this love, but he didn't accept Nabi Sallallahu So that love was of no benefit to him. The love was there, but that aqidat was missing. So without that aqidat, that love, that is accepted that that love is there. But if a person doesn't accept Rasulullah as the last and final messenger, accept his way of life, be convinced that this is the way that a person will get success in. Without that, this muhabbat also won't be able to avail him. And then together with this aqidat, Obviously, when a person has this deep love in his heart, for whatever it might be, he has aqidat of whatever sort, the one thing that will follow with it is, he will keep talking about it. Anyway, everywhere you'll see, somehow it will come into the discussion. A person has that love of that car in his heart, you'll forever hear something about it, that car. Somewhere or the other, even if a person talks about some bicycle, then he'll find that is an opportunity to bring his car in the picture. And Allah forbid, somebody talks about something to do with, far away, nothing to do with anything about a car, nothing to do with any form of transport. Might be talking about maybe something very, very horrifying also. But in that horrifying uh, incident somebody is talking about, he'll somehow drive his car into it. Because somewhere or the other, what is in his heart will come onto his tongue. So likewise, a person who has truly the love and the muhabbat of Rasulullah in his heart, the aqidah of Nabi in his heart, then the right of Rasulullah is also zikr of Rasulullah. His mention, discussing him, discussing his Mubarak life. This is something the Sahaba did. They did it to the extent where the muhaddisin have compiled complete kitabs of hadith on this. On all the various ahadith that describe Rasulullah in detail, which the Sahaba would discuss about. Hassan, Hussain, they were very, very young when Rasulullah passed away. So they did not have the opportunity of taking note of many details. But you'll find in the ahadith, they're going to the uncle, Hind ibn Bihala, asking him, please describe how did Nabi Islam spend his time inside his house? How did Nabi Islam live outside the house? About the personality of Nabi Islam. Describe his akhlaq. 
Each aspect of his Mubarak life is recorded in detail. The Sahaba would talk about it. Some Sahaba came to one old woman who was present in the time of Rasulullah and Nabi would sometimes come to her place and she would serve some food to him also. So the Sahaba come, three of them come and they say to her that make that food and give us to eat that which Nabi cherished which he enjoyed eating. He says, you won't even be able to eat it. Forget about it. In other words, that which he ate with relish was such a simple type of food which barely was some olive oil and in that was some other few ingredients and that was presented. He says, this is what Nabi Islam used to eat with relish. But they wanted to actually experience that. This was due to muhabbat. This was due to that intense love that they had, that they wanted to speak about his Mubarak life, discuss every minute detail, experience physically what they could. Like if he ate something, they wanted to eat the similar thing, as closely as it was prepared for him. What was that jazba that brought this? It was nothing but that muhabbat, that aqidat. This is a haqq of Rasulullah And they preserved every minor detail. What was the type of hay Nabi Islam had? That too they presented the detail of it. That the hay of Nabi Islam lam yakun jaadan wala sabitan. It was neither very very curly and nor was it completely straight. It was actually between the two, moderately wavy. To that extent, the Mubarak eyes of Rasulullah his how his walk was. Imagine describing the detail of how Nabi Wasallam walked. That when he walked, it appeared as if he was coming in a downward incline. Now, this minute details they took note of. And then, these were in terms of his personality, in terms of, in terms of his physical self, then in terms of all the various other details about his life, about his akhlaq, what kind of character did Rasulullah have, which has Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu ta'ala sum up, that kind khuluquhu al-Qur'an. His akhlaq, what are you asking about his akhlaq? His akhlaq was the Qur'an Sharif. Have you not read the Qur'an Sharif? All the good character that Allah ta'ala speaks about the Qur'an Sharif, Nabi Islam loved it. <coughs> Qur'an Sharif says, fa'fu wasfahu. Nabi Islam loved this. He forgave and overlooked. Quran Sharif described him as Rahmatul Lil Alameen. This is what he was. He was a mercy to everybody. For all, one and all. Without any exclusion. This is the life he lived. And all the details of his akhlaq and his way with his family at home, with people in general. All this the Sahaba from time to time discussed. This is part of Dhikr Rasul. The discussion about Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So this muhabbat was there, aqidat was there, the dhikr of Rasulullah sallallahu was there. But all these things in its place, all these things are of extreme importance. But together with all this, the itaat and the obedience to Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi is absolutely necessary. Otherwise, with all these things also, a person would not be able to save himself. Nabi Islam addresses Hazrat Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha. 
his most beloved daughter and who he who was so close to him yet what does he address her salini mimali mashiti whatever i have in terms of material possessions whatever you need ask me i'll give you that but apart from that la amliku laki min allahi shay'a look in the akhirat i can't do anything for you in other words if allah taala doesn't permit me to intercede on your behalf i can't do that for you too you will have to make your own amal to pass there you will pass there on the basis of your amal your love for me is understood and i love you dearly but on the day of qiyamah this will be your amal that will count and on that day the intercession of rasulullah sallallahu will happen for many many people but that intercession mal manzal ladhi yashfa'u indahu illa bi idni that intercession is on the permission of allah taala so you make your amal in dunya you will have to act and fulfill what allah taala requires of you then will be the passing on the day of qiyamah and then will be the permission to intercede so what closeness there was what love there was from both sides but yet nabi sallallahu alaihi is addressing her in these words to give the whole ummah a lesson not that she was in any danger as such but to give the whole ummah a lesson that look if i am addressing my daughter in this manner where does anybody else stand that all his mohabbat mashallah is understood and accepted and acknowledged but if the itaat is not there and the obedience to rasulullah sallallahu alaihi is missing then despite the mohabbat also a person can be in danger the mohabbat is an excellent thing and has to be there the aqidah also has to be there the discussion and the mention of rasulullah sallallahu is also necessary but without the itaat this true would not be sufficient to make a person gain direct entry into jannat so the itaat of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam this too is something we learn from the sahaba ikram what is meant by itaat what degree of itaat and obedience they had all these are incidents that we have heard many times that abdullah bin mas'ud radhiyallahu ta'ala an he is outside the masjid at that time rasulullah sallallahu just came and he stood on the mimbar and he then said to the people idlisu sit down that voice reached outside he obviously was addressing those who were inside already that sit down sit down in the masjid Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiyallahu ta'ala an as soon as this reaches his ears the voice of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam saying sit down he cannot step one put one step forward he sits down right there until Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam sees him and says no i didn't refer to you you come inside this was meant for those who were inside but it was not possible for him that he heard sit down and he keeps walking Now, this is that jazba of itaat this is that in, that zeal of obedience to rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam but our situation is something for us to reflect upon and all these things are meant to reflect to see where we stand in terms of the zikr of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam what we just discussed where do we stand how much of the mention of nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam is made is this something for special occasions only or is it something for to happen throughout our lives yet there are so many things mentioned so many discussions let alone discussions which could be of some benefit to us in dunya discussions which are totally futile discussions which are not just futile but are haram such discussions are in abundance 
But the discussion about Rasulullah that is once in a while perhaps, very very rarely, just somehow something will get mentioned somewhere. Otherwise our discussions are devoid of it. Once many years ago, talking about long long time ago, maybe some 25-30 years might have passed, so one youngster just asked him out of the blue, suddenly as a surprise, they asked him that, who's number one on the Wimbledon rankings or whatever, because that time was a time of when any turn you took, that's all you could hear, somebody talking something Wimbledon, inside the masjid, outside the masjid, anywhere, same, same story. So, this person must have been 11, 12 years old, asked him, who's number one in Wimbledon? So now, just gave the name. Number two, gave the name. Number three, number ten, he gave all the names. And some funny, funny sounding names, tongue twisters, all foreign names. But he just said it without any hesitation. He knew it all. So after, and as he's going now, six, seven, so you can see he's getting a little bit more happy about himself too. I know it all. And after he finished off, he was asked, how many daughters did Rasulullah have? I was thinking, then he gave the wrong answer. He said three. Something was to just check also in ourselves, that if it wasn't mentioned beforehand that that's the wrong answer, maybe we might have thought it was right too. And then, okay, what their names were? So he knew the name of one daughter of Rasulullah So now this is a self-check that we have to do. How many things we know? We know full, full teams and who scored what, when, with Zamana. All those details which forget benefit us in Akhirat, don't even benefit us in Dunya. All those details we know about them, ask them even they know whether we exist. They don't even have any idea whether this person exists in this Dunya or not. And it doesn't matter to them whether this person exists or not. But that fan is becoming so elated about everything. And what benefit that person will give to one in Forget Akhirat even in dunya, nothing at all. But yet how much you know about them? How much you know about all the futile things of dunya also? But when it comes to the Mubarak life of Rasulullah his Mubarak Sirat, how much have we read about it? How much have we learnt about it? How much have we tried to understand the Mubarak Sirat because that is the guidance in life. People read about the biographies of all kinds of people, but they haven't read an authentic seerat of Rasulullah So this zikr Rasul is something for us to check within ourselves. That how much we are talking about everything else every day, how much we read about, or spoke about the Mubarak sunnats of Rasulullah his Mubarak life. And then similarly, itaat of Rasulullah Itaat of so many other things. Anybody comes out with something new, we're ready to follow it. Kind of itaat. Somebody brings any new style out of something, then we also have to do it. Somebody had their wedding in a certain style. They had a so-called theme of that wedding. So now there must be every wedding must have a theme. But the theme of the sunnah that Nabi Islam gave us, that theme never came in the picture anyway. That theme we forgot before even starting off. But somebody started some, called, some so-called theme and now the money that is just run down like water in the so-called theme of the 
of all the various kinds of immoral things and whatever else, all that wastage, whatever will happen, but the theme of the sunnah, that never featured anywhere in that whole situation. So the itaat of Rasulullah is something that the Sahaba taught us. So Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu ta'ala he is traveling and he's on his way to Makkah Mukarramah and he comes to some spot, he jumps off his camel and then he goes and sits in some place as if he needed to relieve himself. But he just sits there for a while and comes away. So somebody noticed this, they asked him, what did you do? What was the whole purpose of this? So he says, well, when we were traveling with Nabi Wasallam and coming to Makkah Mukarramah, this was the place that Nabi Wasallam dismounted and fulfilled his need. So, though I didn't have any need, but Nabi Wasallam stopped here, I also decided to stop right here in emulation of Rasulullah This we might take as something, what was the benefit in it? The benefit was this link with Nabi Wasallam being strengthened in every bit of emulation. This taluk being further enhanced and this connection being strengthened between the person's heart and the Mubarak heart of Rasulullah The Mashayikh and the Ahle Mukashafa, they state that there is a link of light and nur that is attached from the heart of Rasulullah to the heart of every mu'min. It's up to him how much he keeps that light and how strong he keeps it and what kind of benefit will come through. But in any case, this itaat of Rasulullah this itaat is not confined to just one aspect of life. That a person in the masjid, mashallah, is concerned I must perform my salah correctly. Indeed, he must. And unfortunately, this is something which is a very, very tragic situation. That many a times, we are sometimes trying to fulfill many other sunnats, which every sunnat is very great. Sunnats of eating, alhamdulillah, person is learning some sunnats, how to eat in the sunnah manner. That is an extremely great thing. Person learns the sunnats and tries to practice on it. The sunnats of entering the masjid, leaving the masjid, the sunnat of entering the toilet, leaving the toilet, sunnats of all other day-to-day things. Excellent, mashallah, this is extremely great. But the greatest amal is, and the thing that will be questioned about first on the day of Qiyamah is, our salah. أَوَّلُ مَا يُحَاسَبُ بِهِ الْعَبْدُ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ الصَّلَاةِ that salah which is the greatest obligation of deen and which a person will be questioned about first on the day of qiyamah. But to perform that salah in the sunnah manner, that a person, many a person who learns how to eat in the sunnah manner and is concerned to eat in the sunnah manner, concerned to drink in the sunnah manner, concerned to enter the toilet, and extremely important these things are. This is not in any way to be regarded as something of a secondary nature. That too is extremely important. The person, mashallah, is concerned about it. Alhamdulillah, sumba alhamdulillah. But come the greatest amal of salah, suddenly now there isn't that consciousness and that concern that every posture of salah must be performed in the sunnah manner. person just ate in the sunnah manner and came, but is performing the ruku, not in the sunnah manner. He just left the toilet from the, in the sunnah manner and came, entered the masjid in the sunnah manner, 
but his sajda is not in the sunnah manner. His fingers in sajda is not in the sunnah manner. His qiyam, his ruku, his sajda, his qoma, jalsa, all these postures of salah, they suddenly the sunnahs are being neglected. Whereas just as the sunnah is being given importance in all the other aspects of life, and rightly so, it must be given importance. And every effort must be made to fulfill all those aspects in accordance with sunnah. Even more importance must be given to fulfill the postures of salah and all the aspects of salah in the sunnah manner. Because this amal is the amal of salah, which is the most important amal in deen. So this requires even more importance being given to it in terms of fulfilling everything in the sunnah way. So this itaat of Rasulullah whether it is in the masjid, in the form of now a person has come to perform his salah, so he's making itaat. He's making itaat in terms of various other day-to-day aspects. Alhamdulillah, he's keeping away from many sins. Nabi Islam is forbidden lying, so he's not lying. Nabi Islam is forbidden gambling, so he's not gambling. Nabi Islam is forbidden stealing, so he's not stealing. But likewise, there are many, many things Nabi Islam has taught in terms of, for example, mu'amalat, monetary dealings. So now he's making itaat in that also. That itaat is also required. Just as itaat is required in salah, in fasting, in hajj, in zakat, itaat is required in mu'amalat, in a person's monetary dealings. That his business, his business also in the way that Nabi Islam has taught. And refraining from what Nabi Islam has forbidden. Once Nabi Islam passed by one person, he was selling some grain. So Nabi Islam put his hand into that, that heap of grain. When he put his hand into the heap of grain, inside the heap of grain he felt some wetness. There was moisture. So he asked the person, what is this? Meaning from outside everything is looking very, very dry. But why when I put my hand inside, I felt this moisture? Now it's obvious that that grain that a person is going to buy, he wants to buy what is dry. Because if it's moist, that is going to, it's not going to last. It will get spoiled very quickly. So now this person said, well, last night suddenly it rained. So the grain was all heaped up. So what was on the outside got wet. So I just turned it around. I put the wet one inside and I put the dry one outside. The beast last one said, Man minna. Anybody who deceives, he's not part of us. In other words, now the customer will come. He will think it's all dry. Because he can't see what's inside. So now he'll ask for one kilo, for example. So now he'll be given one kilo. But when the person will, so to say, scoop out that grain, some of it dry, some of it wet will all come together. Because he'll scoop it all the way from the inside. So now this was a deception. So now, mashallah, the person was very conscious about some other aspects of deen. But when he came to his business, now he's in a different world. Now he's not conscious of itaat. Nabi Islam is emphasizing this. Look, that itaat must carry on in the business also. That now that business is also conducted in the way that Rasulullah Islam is taught. There's no deception. There's not anything being done which is going to contravene the laws of deen and shariat in his muasharat, in his social life, in his interaction with people. How does he love? There again the itaat of Rasulullah Islam. And he's living in the way that Nabi Islam has taught, how he emphasized, how he lived, 
what kind of person he was. What kind of person he was at home. How he lived with his family. What kind of leeway he gave to his household people. So many things. That Nabi Islam just overlooked it and carried on. Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu ta'ala anha, she's been asked that what was the way Nabi Islam conducted himself inside the house? So she said, what do you mean? He was one of us. Inside the house, he was just one of us. Ta'ana basharam min al-bashar. Like just any other person in the house. He would even assist in the household chores. Can we imagine who is being spoken about? Could there be anybody more busier than Rasulullah sallallahu Sometimes persons are very busy. Can, could have they, he had the whole work of the entire ummah. Could there have been anybody with greater fikr than Nabi Islam? A person says, no, I'm very stressed out. I have a lot of things to think about. Too many things happen today. Who could have had greater fikr than Nabi Islam? He had the fikr of the whole ummah. And who could have had any position greater than him? Sometimes a person has some little bit position somewhere. Somebody in that course of that day passed him and they said, Sir. So now he can't do anything at home because he's Sir. So Nabi Sallallahu Allah Ta'ala blessed with that rank that Ba'adas Khuda Buzruqtu'i Qissa Mukhtasar. After Allah Ta'ala is the rank of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Allah Ta'ala is Allah Ta'ala and everybody else is makhluk. But in the makhluk, the greatest rank is that of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Yet Nabi Sallallahu is like one of the people of the household. Helping out with household chores. There was something he needed to do, he did it for himself. Whereas he could have just made the slightest indication. Forget asking. Forget making some kind of demand. Let alone demand, let alone asking. He just needed to make the slightest indication. And everybody would have been ready to do it for him. But before anybody could know what he wanted to be done, he already started doing it. He needed to mend his shoes, he would mend it himself. He needed to milk his goat, yahlibu shatahu. He would milk it himself. Which was regarded as a very menial task. He would do it himself. Just one of the household. Now this was the way Nabi Sallallahu lived. This was the mu'asharat. This is the same itaat that every person is required. Just as he'll make itaat outside, he'll make itaat in the masjid, he'll make itaat at home also. In following the way of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, itaat in Nabi Islam's akhlaq, what kind of character he had, itaat in following that character, in adopting that same akhlaq, all the things Nabi Islam's humility, how he humbled himself, no is about himself just humbling himself for one and all some woman who was not even mentally very stable she comes to Nabi Sallallahu and says that I have something I need to discuss of importance so now she was not even mentally stable so now somebody who is of this nature is just brushed off go away Nabi Sallallahu said okay look but now she's, she's also indicating I don't want to talk in front of others Okay, you stand in any public place, I will come and stand on the side and listen to you. Now for this woman who is not mentally stable, but in order that it's in a public place, so it's not in any seclusion, but she might have something that might be of 
concern. So he made time for her to just go and listen to what her problem is. That kind of humility. That kind of bringing himself to the level of everybody else. Whereas Allah Ta'ala had blessed him with that level that nobody can dream of. The closest angel of Allah Ta'ala couldn't reach that maqam. Nabi Islam's humility, his khashiyat and his fear of Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala, the taqwa with which he, which he lived, and all the various numerous aspects of akhlaq in the life of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, all these are the things that itaat is required in all this as well. And together with this muhabbat Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, aqeedat, dhikr Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, itaat, Together with all this is also the figure of Rasulullah sallallahu That this emulation is complete when a person has emulated everything. When he's taken some things and left some things, it's still incomplete. Complete emulation, the person's external self, he's trying to emulate Rasulullah sallallahu Likewise, his internal self, for example, his heart, He's trying to have a heart as clean like how Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam thought. He can't come anywhere one fraction to the purity of the heart of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But he's trying to emulate it. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam once addresses Hazrat Anas Great amount of affection. And he says to him, Ya Bunayya, O my beloved son. Great affection. In qadarta an tusbiha wa tumsiya wa laysa fi qalbika ghishun li ahadin faf'al. That the crux of this is keep your heart totally clean of malice. Keep your heart completely clean of malice. Why? For inna dalika min sunnati. Now this itaat to follow the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam saying this too is my sunnat. One is the external sunnats. That too is very important. That too is essential. But what is external? And what is internal, the, the difference of this is obvious. The external is the body, the ruh, that is internal. The difference between the body and the ruh is understood. There's no ruh, there's no body won't stay also. So likewise, just as the external sunnats are extremely important, but what goes deeper into the heart, the importance of that also gets greater. Because after all, the heart is king. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi is teaching a sunnah of the heart. And he's saying to him, فَإِنَّ ذَلِكَ مِنْ سُنَّتِي This is my way. This is how I live my life, with my heart clean like this. And then, مَنْ أَحَبَّ سُنَّتِي كَانَ مَعِي فِي الْجَنَّةِ The one who loves my sunnah, he will be with me in Jannah. What a link. The link between this keeping the heart clean of malice, and being with Nabi Islam in Jannat. So now that too is something to emulate. To emulate the kind of heart Nabi Islam had in terms of the purity of the heart, in terms of the cleanliness of the heart. The heart that Nabi Islam had in terms of wishing well for one and all. لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى يحب لأخيه ما يحب لنفسه. This was what Nabi Islam had in his heart. And he's saying, none of you can have iman meaning proper and complete iman, until he loves for his fellow Muslim what he loves for himself. Now that too is something we are being taught to emulate. Just as we are 
meant to emulate all the external sunnats. This too is something we have been taught to emulate this, have our heart like this. And likewise, to emulate the heart of Rasulullah in terms of what was his concern, what was his worry, what kind of figure he had. The Sahaba explained regarding Rasulullah that when they would sometimes be close to him, then from his Mubarak chest, like when a person he listens to the boiling of a of a kettle, so there's a boiling sound, something bubbling, boiling. He says that is the kind of sound one would hear from the chest of Rasulullah. That inner cry. In other words, at that time you may not have been able to see him cry, but you could hear his heart crying. Minal buka, inner cry. Outwardly, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam with the Sahaba would often be smiling. And he would be even sometimes joking with them too. On occasion, he would say light-hearted things to them. And he would shame their joke also. Obviously all within the limits of Shariat and Deen. And this was on occasion, like the salt in the food. But unfortunately, what has become the situation nowadays is, that in this food of life, so if this food of life is supposing, uh, if you could give it some kind of, just for the sake of understanding it, like it's 10 kilos, the food of life that is 10 kilos, then we want to add 20 kilos of salt into it. Meaning the entertainment becomes the object of life. So, this little light-heartedness, little bit of relaxation, little bit of this is the salt in the food, is necessary, but necessary like the salt in the food. But now this has become like more than the food. The food is whatever it is, this is double the food. That a person's life revolves around entertainment. So in any case, Nabi Sassam's heart, this, this cry from inside, what was this cry all about? Was he crying over the lot of his, of the poverty of his family? No, he wasn't crying for this. Otherwise, he wouldn't have made this dua. Allahumma j'al rizqa ali Muhammadin quta. Ya Allah, the family of Muhammad sallallahu just give them that amount which they can survive on. Bas. Just whatever is necessary to survive on, just that survival amount. He's making dua for them. Every person makes dua. He is making dua for abundance. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi made meaning of the dunya. When it came to the dunya, Nabi Sallallahu made dua for his family for survival. He must just survive with the, that amount of dunya. And as a result, on every occasion, this, this is what he thought. As Fatima Ta'ala comes to ask for a slave to help out with all the various difficult chores. Difficult and hard labor chores, basically. And what Nabi Sallallahu gives her in return? Should I tell you something better? Teaches her the Tasbih Fatima. Tasbih Fatima is what he teaches her. Tasbihat, Kalimat. And she becomes very happy and elated over this. That she got this great gift. What it meant was, it meant now, you carry on doing the work yourself. Carry on undertaking all that hard work yourself, but this is the gift you are getting. And she was very happy with it. 
So now, this cry in the heart wasn't for this difficulty of dunya. The cry in the heart was obvious. لَعَلَّكَ بَاخِعٌ نَفْسَكَ عَلَىٰ آثَارِهِمْ إِلَّمْ يُؤْمِنُوا بِهَادَ الْحَدِيثِ أَسَفَ Allah Ta'ala is consoling Rasulullah Sallallahu that are you going to grieve so much upon these people that they're turning their backs on the command of Allah Ta'ala, not coming into Iman or not obeying Allah Ta'ala? Are you going to grieve over it to such an extent that you destroy yourself in this grief? In other words, don't grieve over it so much. This was that grief. Now, this is something also to emulate Rasulullah Sallallahu The concern of his heart. Allah forbid, let alone be grieving upon whatever somebody else is doing, Wrong, wrong, we don't grieve upon our own wrongs too. We don't grieve upon what is lacking in our own lives in terms of deen. Person misses his salah, nothing happens. Person misses some other obligation of deen, doesn't affect a person. Gets involved in some major sin, he just walks away like nothing happened. So this is the first grief to develop for ourselves. My akhirat, what will happen to me in the qabr? What will happen on the day of qiyamah? What answer I will give to all the questions when I will be asked? And then together with that, we have been made responsible for others as well. Each one, All the believing men are friends of one another. All the believing women are friends of one another. And what is this friendship all about? This is this friendship. Ya'muruna bil ma'aruf. Wa anil munkar. That they enjoy the right. They forbid the evil. This is their essential friendship. And then the rest of the amal also. Wa yuqeebuna salah. Wa yu'tuna zakah. Wa yuti'una Allah wa rasulah. So now this is that which Nabi Sallallahu was his cry about. That how this message could get to one and all. So this is a fikr that we have to make for ourselves. And the same concern that we have to make for everybody else as well. For this is all the efforts of deen. To bring ourselves on deen and to help others also to come to deen. For this is his work of da'wah also. For this is the work of the madaris, the work of the khanqas, the work of all the aspects of deen is to bring deen alive. And nevertheless, this is something which is the water that that gives, this is that which gives water to all the departments of deen, the work of da'wah. It brings everything alive. When this dries up, then there's a fear everything will dry up in time. So therefore, this is something that is a part of every mu'min's duty. In his capacity, that he is forever a da'i. He is forever an invited towards Allah wa ta'ala through his practical life, through his akhlaq, through his words, through everything, that he is forever inviting towards Allah Ta'ala. And he is becoming a means of attracting people towards the deen of Allah Ta'ala. So for this is something to learn how to go about it, how to bring this into our lives, how to ourselves come onto deen completely. And also how to pass on this deen to others and how to bring others onto deen. For this is all these efforts of deen and this work of da'wah as well. So mashallah, our masjid also, this is ongoing, all the jamaats that come and go. We need to put ourselves into all these amal and participate in all these things so that we also can come fully onto deen. We can, inshallah, Allah Ta'ala make us the means and the sabab of bringing others as well. So, inshallah, sab tashkil be made now.
whatever the Qazas are put forward, we try and put ourselves forward. Let's make zikr for a few minutes and then we do Report in the Hadith Sharif, the person who recites La ilaha illallah hundred times daily, Allah Ta'ala will cause his face to shine like the 14th moon on the day of Qiyamah. What this means is, inshallah, with the barakat of this daily recitation, Allah Ta'ala will give him the tawfiq of righteous actions and he will be, inshallah, safe from sin. This will become the means of this great blessing on the day of Qiyamah. We should try and make this as part of our daily ma'amol, daily practice that we recite this kalima daily hundred times. This is for the sake of encouragement that is being done here now, but in our own time and place, daily we should try and complete this one tasbih of La ilaha illallah. When saying La ilaha, to bring to mind that all the ghayrullah, everything that's in our heart that is a distraction from Allah Ta'ala, all these things we have taken and thrown out, all the evil, all the filth, all the illicit things, whatever, all this has been taken and thrown out, and illallah, the heart is filling up with nur, which is the love of Allah Ta'ala, beside the Rush. La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah Sallallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala Alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi Wa ashabihi wa baraka wa sallama Tasliman kathiran kathira Ya Rabbi salli wa sallimna Iman abada Ala habibika khayril khalqi kullihimi Jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bima huwa ahlu La ilaha illallah, 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 Muhammadur Rasulullah, sallallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala alayhi wa sallam. दिल में राहो जाए एक मैदाने हूँ तू ही तू हो तू ही तू हो तू ही तू गैर से बिल्कुल ही उठ जाए नजर 
तो ही तो आए नजर देखूं जिधर और मेरे तन में बजाए आबोगिल दर्द दिल हो दर्द दिल हो दर्द दिल नफ्सों शैतान दोनों ने मिलकर हाई किया है मुझको तबाह हे मेरे मौला मेरी मदद कर चाहता हूं मैं तेरी पना मुझसा खलक में कोई नहीं गो बद किरदार नामासिया तू भी मगर गफ्फार है यार बख्श दे मेरे सारे गुना अब तो रहे बस्ता दम आखिर विरदे जुबाए मेरे